But let's wrap up uh, the Mission Possible here. And what we've done over these uh, last couple of weeks is, you know, think about the old show, and a lot of you are too young to even have seen the old show, I bet, but you probably caught some reruns somewhere along the way with, with Peter Graves and everything and the old Mission Impossible. And uh, what we try to do is uh, recognize some, some uh, parallels there and, and let the Scripture speak to us, obviously. And Week number one, we discovered the simple truth that all of us were created, formed, fashioned with a mission. That God didn't just uh, form us out of the clay and set us loose, but he, he intertwined into that fashioning and forming uh, a purpose and a mission and a dream for each of our lives. Uh, then week number two, last week we discovered that not only did he form and fashion us with that purpose, but he also gave us all the gifts we need. He gave us all the gifts, all the talents, all the skills we need to be able to accomplish that purpose, that vision, that mission. Uh, all we need is a willingness to get our hands dirty. Hence, the dirt's still up there on the altar to remind you that uh, all we need is that commitment that says we're ready to get, get our hands dirty, get to it, and uh, accomplish what God wants. Uh, today, the last one, as we go to Mission Possible, is to understand that when you get involved in that Mission Possible, when you start accomplishing that mission God created for you, and start using those gifts that God created for you, you're going to face some opposition. So it's mission possible prevailing over opposition. Point number one is uh, opposition is to be expected. That when you get involved in mission, you can expect that some opposition is going to arise in your life. When you get serious, get your hands dirty, and you start doing what God wants you to do, you can bet opposition is going to arise. Things aren't going to go always the way you expected or planned them to go give you an example. There's this truck driver. He had a load of penguins in the back of his truck, and he was supposed to deliver them to the zoo. Well, unfortunately, uh, not too far away from the zoo, his truck broke down. So not knowing what to do, he kind of waved down another trucker that came by with a truck big enough to handle the load, you know, and he waved him down, and, and he talked to the guy, and he says, look, I'll give you 500 bucks if you'll deliver these penguins and take them to the zoo. Trucker said, yeah, cool. So off the penguins went on the other truck. Next day, the guy got his truck fixed and got back on the road, and he thought he'd go check on everything. So sure enough, he drove over to the zoo, make sure the penguins were everything were there and fine. Delivery went well, and uh, got out of his truck, turned around. Sure enough, out of the zoo comes the other trucker with all the penguins in a single file marching right behind him, just waddling, single file, right behind him. The trucker went over. The guy says, what are you doing? I gave you $500 to deliver these penguins to the zoo, to take them to the zoo. The guy said, I know. I took them to the zoo, and I had some money left over, so I thought I'd take them to the movies. <laughs> you saw that coming, right? Yeah. It doesn't always go the way you think it's going to go. See, when you get your hands dirty and you start getting involved in accomplishing what God has in store for you, opposition obstacles, the enemy is going to get involved. See, the enemy doesn't want you to live the life God created you to live. The enemy doesn't want you to be everything that God created you to be. The enemy would like nothing more than for you to be a nice, gentle, timid little Christian. The enemy would like to keep you from invoking the strength and the power 
that God can bring into your life. Let me take you to the text and show you how that played out for Jesus just in one experience. He had multiple experiences, but just in one experience. If you go to the Gospel of Luke into the 8th chapter, we get the experience of Jesus and the storm. It starts out in verse 22. It says, One day Jesus and his disciples got into a boat, and he said, Let's cross the lake. They started out, and while they were sailing across, he went to sleep. Now notice a couple things. Is this somehow a special day? I mean, did Jesus wake up today and say, you know, this is going to be a great day for us disciples because we're going to face a storm and you're going to see something marvelous? No, of course not. He just was going through a day. It was just a regular day. He was just being about his mission. He had already preached and teached and healed and done some marvelous stuff on, on this side of the lake. And now he simply said, okay, we've got to keep the mission going. We've got to extend the kingdom now over to the other side of the lake. So he was going through a regular day and just doing his mission. He was getting his hands dirty and doing the mission that God sent him to do. They get in the boat. They start across. It says, suddenly a windstorm struck the lake and the boat started sinking. They were in danger. As he was on the mission, out of nowhere, out of nowhere, the opposition came. The storm just happened. When you get involved in living the life that God created you to live, as you're going through your days, as you're going through your life experience, the enemy is going to raise oppositions in your life. Just like Jesus. In this case, a storm. Now, where is Jesus in the whole experience? Jesus is in the boat asleep. He's in the boat comfortably asleep. He thinks everything is just fine. So fine that he's absolutely comfortable just taking a nap because he knows when he gets to the other side of the shore, there's going to be more to do. And in the midst of that day comes the opposition. That's the way it is. You're going about your day. You're living the way God wants you to live. You're doing what God wants you to do. You're getting your hands dirty and accomplishing, bringing glory to his name. And opposition is going to come. Jesus tells us not to be surprised at this. If you go to the Gospel of John, he tells his disciples, I have told you this so that you might have peace in your hearts because of me. While you are in the world, you will have to suffer. Do you see that? He lays it right out there. You see, he understands that the enemy is going to do whatever it can to keep you from living that incredible life God has called you to live. The enemy will do whatever it takes to just keep you in a nice, calm sea or to keep you asleep in the boat. Just going through your day, not using the strength and the power that Christ can bring to your life. Jesus understands the enemy is going to just be opposition. First Peter, one of the disciples, Peter, who was well accustomed to suffering, he said it this way, Count it a blessing when you suffer for being a Christian. This shows that God's glorious spirit is with you. Notice what he does there. He's saying, look. When you get your hands dirty and you start doing this, suffering is going to come because the enemy is going to take note. 
When you do this stuff, when you live the life God created for you, when you start living at that higher level and start doing the things that uh, God can empower you to do, you're going to get noticed. And the enemy is going to notice that and do everything it can to stop you. That goes, by the way, also for congregations. Christ church people, Christ church people, you need to know that the enemy would like nothing more than for Christ's church to stay a comfy, cozy little place. It would like, the enemy would like nothing more than for us to just kind of get together on Sunday morning and sing Kumbaya and go home feeling good. The enemy would like nothing more than for us to just be docile little Christians. The enemy gets worried. When we catch a vision of what God can do in our life and we decide we're going to get our hands dirty, then the enemy takes note because we're being Christians who are changing the world and bring glory to Jesus Christ. You just need to know that when you start employing those gifts, the enemy is going to take note. What's the worry? Well, you go through the suffering, sure. The trouble is also that when suffering comes, when those oppositions raise themselves in our life, they also work on us. When the suffering comes, it starts working on us, just like it did the disciples, and it starts raising some questions for us. We begin to question, well, is this really what what it's all about? Is this really what it means to be a follower of Christ, to do incredible things for Him? And, And then we start to doubt and say, you know, does God really care after all? And here I am getting my hands dirty, and, and here I have suffering in my life, and does, does God really even care that I'm doing this? That's exactly what happened to the disciples. If you go back to the text uh, and you go into the parallel story in Mark, it says, Jesus was in the back of the boat with his head on a pillow, and he was asleep. His disciples woke him and said, Teacher, don't you care that we're about to drown? What are they asking? Hey, Jesus, what gives? Here we are being your disciples. We're doing, we're rowing to the other side of the lake just like you told us to do. We get this opposition in the storm. The boat is sinking and you're asleep. Don't you care? They begin to question the mission and they begin to doubt God's power in their life. And they go to Jesus saying, don't you care? They even question God's love for them. Don't you care? When suffering comes, when opposition comes, it's easy for us to begin questioning. Mother Teresa, many of you know her and how what a great servant she was uh, for the Lord, how she really lived an incredible life. Uh, she said these words. I love them. They're great. I know God won't give me anything I can't handle. I just wish He didn't trust me so much. Isn't that great? Sometimes when those, those uh, challenges come to us, when those storms come, we begin to question and we begin to doubt. If we go over to James uh, 1, uh, we can hear how James, another apostle who suffered for Christ, he says, my friends, be glad. Do you see that? Be glad, even if you have a lot of trouble. You know that you learn to endure by having your faith tested. But you must learn to endure everything so that you will be completely mature and not lacking in anything. 
What's he saying? Suffering is part of the package. And it's not necessarily a bad part. Opposition is part of the package. And it's not necessarily a bad part. In facing the opposition, in facing the challenges, we grow. We get stronger. It prepares us more for that next level, that next level of higher living that God is calling each one of us to. It causes us to flex those muscles and get stronger. We all know that about uh, physical conditioning, right? If you go through your whole life and you never do any exercise, what happens to your muscles? Well, they get weak. But if you on a regular basis do that exercise and you, you know, strenuously work those muscles for periods of time, you get stronger. When opposition comes... It becomes the opportunity for us to flex our muscles, for us to face those challenges and grow and become stronger so that we can prevail over the oppositions. That's what faith does. Faith always prevails. If you go back to the experience of Jesus in the boat, he was sound asleep, absolutely comfortable. They woke him up, says Jesus got up, ordered the wind and the waves to stop, they obeyed. And everything was calm. Then Jesus asked the disciples, Don't you have any faith? But they were frightened and amazed. They said to each other, Who is this? He can give orders to the wind and the waves, and they obey him. Jesus was on his mission. I mean, does anybody really think that Jesus would come all the way from the kingdom of heaven to work in this world and accomplish forgiveness for each one of us? And before that can happen, he's going to drown in a storm? I don't think so. I don't think that's even possible. You see, he had such a confidence in his mission. That God put him in this position for purpose. And there was nothing that was going to stop Jesus from accomplishing what the Father wanted him to do. His faith and relationship with the Father was going to prevail over all these obstacles. Does that mean it was easy? No. Jesus had a struggle in the Garden of Gethsemane. But his faith, his relationship with the Father caused him to prevail. Faith prevails over the obstacles. Jesus had a mission. He had the gifts. He had the determination. And he had the faith to prevail over the obstacles. Listen. I absolutely, utterly believe you do too. You do too. I believe that if you get serious about the kind of life God created you to live, and you start using those gifts and getting your hands dirty, or keep doing it, even though the evil one is going to notice that and put obstacles and oppositions in your way, I know that you can exercise that kind of faith that calms the waves and the winds in your life. Faith always prevails. If you go to Romans 5 and you listen to the Apostle Paul, now 
Remember, here's a guy who knew about suffering, right? Paul gives us the list, uh, his own list of what he endured in doing his mission in, the, in Corinthians. It's not in your, in your handout today, but let me just give you his list. Listen up. Give you his list of everything this guy went through. Uh, you get a sense of what obstacles really are. Five times I received from the Jews 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I have been constantly on the move. I have been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my own countrymen, in danger from Gentiles, in danger from the city, in danger from the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false brothers. I have labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I have been cold and naked. Besides everything else, I face the daily pressure of my concern for all the churches. Sound like some obstacles? Wow. Wow. Do we have it easy? Yet here's what Paul can say in Romans. But that's not all. We, what? What's the word? Gladly. Did you see that? We gladly suffer. We gladly endure all of that. Because we know that suffering helps us to endure. And endurance builds character, which gives us a hope that will never disappoint us. All this happens because God has given us the Holy Spirit who fills our hearts with His love. We can prevail because God's love never will fail us. God's love Never will fail us. We will have our challenges. That's part of living that life that makes a difference. We will have our obstacles. That's what the enemy is going to put in front of us to keep us from making a difference in this world. But we can prevail. The story is told about uh, President Ulysses uh, Grant. He had heard about this new game. It was called golf. Anybody heard of it? Yeah, there's this new game that they had invented called golf. And so uh, he went to uh, Scotland to see how this whole thing works. And so they went out to the golf course, got up in the tee of this burly Scottish guy who knew the game, you know. He got his clubs out and he put the ball on the tee and then, you know, a little nervous about the whole deal with the President of the United States there. But he approached the ball, got a nice firm grip, took a mighty swing, tore out a ton of turf on his swing. You know, dirt flew everywhere. Some of it flew into Grant's beard, you know. Unfortunately, he missed the ball. Determined. Determined. The Scotsman re-approached the ball, re-gripped that club. Again, he took a swing, tore out some more dirt, missed the ball. Again, he took a swing, tore out some more dirt. Guys digging a ditch, missed the ball six times. Six times he took mighty swings, and each time, unfortunately for him, He missed the ball. President Grant watched all of this and said these words. There seems to be a fair amount of exercise in this game, but I fail to see the purpose of the ball. (laughs) Make sense? You may not understand the purpose of the obstacle. You may not understand 
the purpose of what this will do in your life as you prevail over the challenge. You may not understand everything the enemy is trying to bring against you, but you can know this. Faith will always prevail. God's love will always be constant. Paul would say it this way in Romans 8. He says, We know, we know. You see those first two words? That means we got it. <laughs> we know it. We got a hold of it. We, we grab onto that. We understand that. We'll take that into ourselves, into our minds, and into our hearts, and into our... We know what he's about to tell us. We know that God is always at work for the good of everyone who loves him. They are the ones God has chosen for his purpose. And he has always known who his chosen ones would be. He has decided to let them become like his own son so that his son would be the first of many children. Did you hear that? We know. We absolutely know that God is always, how often? Always. You see that? Everything that goes on in your life, God is willing to participate in. And He is able to take every experience you go through, even the tough ones, even the challenging ones. He is able to take those experiences and grow you and mature you into the person of His own Son. And look at the difference He made in life. Obstacles become the opportunities for us to grow to become more like Christ. And there is no obstacle that faith can't overcome. It is for us to just understand the mission is enough. To know that God formed us and fashioned us so long ago for such an incredible life and gave us all those gifts and everything we need to accomplish that life. And all we need is that commitment to get our hands dirty, knowing there's going to be obstacles, knowing there's going to be challenges against us, and knowing that our faith can overcome and prevail every one of those challenges. And when it's done, we will be more like Christ. And we will leave a mark and an impact in somebody's life just like Christ left one in ours. We'll end it with words from Jeremiah as he relates how God long ago before the beginning of time thought, dreamed about you. He says, For I know the thoughts and the plans that I have for you, says the Lord, thoughts and plans for welfare and peace and not for evil, to give you hope in your final outcome. Friends, God's had plans for you. He has had those plans from the beginning of time. And it is for an incredible life that brings glory to His name. You know, I was thinking uh, about the show. I mean, the Mission Impossible show. You know, as I reflect on every time I watched that show, every time I went over to the TV and turned that show on, I always knew they would accomplish the mission. I mean, did anybody ever watch an episode where at the end of the show they got done and they said, well, 
We tried, but it was too hard. Every time, they always accomplished the mission. And before I even turned the TV on, I knew they were going to accomplish the mission and prevail. The excitement was in, how are they going to do it? The same is true for your life. When Jesus Christ came to be Lord of your life, the kingdom of heaven was already secured for you. You know how it's going to end. You know you're going to prevail. The excitement now is what's going to happen with your life. What are those things that God has created you to accomplish, those things that make all the difference in somebody else's life and bring glory to His name? What are those things, those exciting things that He has in store for you? All you have to do, receive the mission, get your hands dirty, and let your faith prevail. Let's pray.